If nothing else, we've learned over the couple, last couple of years in New Zealand that we're social creatures. <laughs> we don't like going into isolation. Uh, well, some people do, but actually in the long run, it, it doesn't work out so well for their mental and emotional health. We're social creatures. We need one another. We need relationships. We need interactions. It's how we're wired. It's how God created us. When Adam was on his own in the Garden of Eden, God said it's not good for Adam to be on his own, and so he made, him some, made, him, uh, made, made someone else to hang out with him. But here's the problem. Other people. <laughs> Other people. <laughs> you, you're right. Okay. You're right. <laughs> No, but other people, other people are the problem. It doesn't matter how well you get on with somebody, eventually something comes along. It doesn't matter how tight you are with somebody. It doesn't even matter how, some, how much you love someone. Eventually there'll be some kind of friction, some kind of disagreement or conflict. Don't talk about conflict today, James, of all days. The other day I was walking to university, and some of you will know what I'm talking about, walking up the terrace, and uh, there's, there's a, a dairy called Mina's Dairy on the corner of Salamanca Road in the terrace, and there was this poster. It was a poster for uh, a, a, an event happening at the City Gallery, and I, I, I just thought this is so funny. Anyway, I'll tell you about it. It was um, a poster for a wellness weekend that they're having at the City Gallery. And what happens at a wellness weekend? I was like, what, what are they doing? Like, what's a wellness weekend? So they had a closer look. And so they're having uh, a guided meditation course. Cool. They're having a panel discussion on spirituality and art. Remember, this is a wellness weekend. I'm not sure how this actually makes you well, but never mind. A panel discussion on spirituality and art, an art therapy workshop of all, you know, that might, that might actually be useful. And uh, there's a tour of the current exhibition, which, um, uh, well, you can look it up, but um, sounds pretty interesting. Um, and this is what I thought was very, very funny. <clears throat> a self-love wedding ceremony. <laughs> And I thought this is so funny. And I didn't know, you know, I was like, what happens at, what happens at a self-love wedding ceremony? And so I looked up the website and it said, um, come along to a short wedding ceremony and take a vow to deeply commit and honor yourself. This slice of homemade evangelism, this is literally the language, this slice of homemade evangelism is an antidote to Valentine's Day. And, I, you know, it's funny. It's, uh, and I thought, um, and I get it, it's probably, it's probably a joke. And you look at the website and it, it's funny, it's funny. And it got me thinking about it can be so hard, it can be so hard getting along with other people that a possible solution is to marry, marry yourself, actually marry yourself. And I, I mean, I don't think that would go so well with me because I know, like, I'm disagreeing with myself all the time. It would not go well, and it didn't go well. It didn't go well. I don't know if I can get through this. It didn't go well for Chris Galera, Chris Galera from Brazil either. Um, so listen to this. This is an article from the sort of highly regarded uh, Daily Star, which um, is a tabloid from England. Anyway, so it might not be true. Anyway, this is what it said in the article. Chris Galera, a, a woman who made headlines early this year by marrying herself is now heading for divorce after confessing she's met someone else. <laughs> Chris Galera grew tired of relying on men, so decided to marry herself in a formal ceremony which was held in September of this year, so this was last year. The 33-year-old model insisted she wasn't disappointed not to have a groom and instead was embracing going it alone. <laughs> but it wasn't meant to be. <laughs> and it wasn't meant to be. And 90 days later, she's decided to divorce herself because <clears throat> she met someone else that she needed to marry. Anyway, I was like, oh, man, this is like, this is the world. It's crazy. It's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy. 
Anyway, so, okay, so we find it hard to get on with ourselves. All right. Yes. Today is Waitangi Day. I want to get a bit more serious. Way back, way back uh, in 1840, the Treaty of Waitangi, Te Tiriti o Waitangi, was, was agreed between the British Crown and about 540 Māori uh, rangatira, chiefs. This is uh, from the Justice website. The treaty promised to protect Māori culture and to enable Māori to continue to live in New Zealand as Māori. At the same time, the treaty gave the Crown the right to govern New Zealand and to represent the interests of all New Zealanders. So for me, it seems that essentially the treaty was about bringing two groups of people together so that we could live in New Zealand, live in the land together, live in Aotearoa together. Not to be one homogenous group of people, but to be, but there to be a unity in, in the diversity. And so today we have the tangata, tangata whenua, the people of the land. And we have tangata tiriti, the people of the treaty. That's me. And the treaty was like a roadmap, and I and I don't re, I, I don't want to go deep into this today, because <laughs> I've got ten minutes. But I think most of us aware are aware. So most of us know something of the injustice that followed 1840, and we go, and I you know was the treaty process flawed? Probably it was. Were the circumstances around it ideal in 1840? Probably not. But I do wonder, and I do. Hey Eli, I do wonder if the if 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 it was God inspired, like God inspired the people behind it. The idea, the hope that there can be kotahitanga, that there can be unity with such diverse groups of people. Hey Eli, oh my boy. Okay, that there can be like divert, there can be there can be unity in this diversity. No, okay, I think you're going to be a bit disruptive. Auntie Rose wants to give you a bit. Of... <laughs> and what was it that brought these groups of people together? The land, the land, the Fenua. And it might be simplistic, but I wonder if a lot of the conflict and the injustice that has followed the treaty was actually to do with our different relationships with the land, with our different view of what the land means of what it is. You know, for some, it's, it's as though the land is, is a person, as someone to be honored, even revered. You know, um, we, there's the, sort of the idea, the concept of like mountains and the head of the mountain. You don't stand on the head of the mountain because it dishonors the mountain. Whereas for others, their land is a, is a commodity, it's something to be something to be brought, something to be sold, something to be exploited, but the land is still is still the land that holds us together. Still the land. And there's like there's like in New Zealand and Aotearoa, there's like this tension between that unity that's centered in the land. We all want to be here, and the vast array of different views, different opinions, and different values that we have as people living in Aotearoa. And like, I, I know that there's people that are watching online in different countries, and, and you, might, you might be able to relate this somehow to where you are. And so we have like this, you know, our situation in New Zealand today. I know there's been a lot of good that has resulted and a lot of reconciliation that's resulted. And so, so far this morning, I've talked um, about, about self-love and how we, it's actually difficult to even have unity within us, how we've got brokenness within us. 
And we need to have uh, reconciliation within us. I've spoken about the, the tree of Watangi and this roadmap, roadmap between unity, and we're still working. Isn't it interesting how the treaty back in 1840 was written down this piece of piece of paper or pieces of paper, and and the, and the things that are written down there we're still working out today. Still working out today. It's like it's like the scriptures in a way. These things are still working out. And we have the tree of Watangi, this roadmap for unity, a, tri- a roadmap, like just, well, an idea. A way of trying to find unity between tangata whenua and tangata tiriti. <clears throat> but now let's get to the main story, the big story. Like what unites us as a church? And I'm not talking about Little C, Capital Vineyard Church. But I'm talking about Big C, the church worldwide, the church that began 2,000 years ago. What unites us? Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, I think I mentioned this before after the worship, how he's like, our, he's like our, our whenua, our land. Jesus is like the land that we're all living in. And there's unity. All believers have life in him, in Jesus. But there's also diversity. As individuals, we have unique relationships with him. Only, only Jesus knows us fully. He knows us from the womb. He, he wove us together. All believers are sons and daughters. But all of our relationships with him are unique. I mean, you look around the room, and there's uh, just over 25 of us. Every person here, unique. Every person here even has a unique relationship with Jesus. Ephesians, 20, Ephesians 1.22. Oh, it's a beautiful passage. I just want to... I think I've got time. No, you can go back and read uh, Ephesians, Ephesians one. And read this prayer and this song about Jesus. But I'm just going to pick it up at uh, at verse 22. And it says, And he, talking about God, put all things under his feet. Talking about Jesus. And like trying to get your head around this. Like Jesus is God. Jesus is part of the Trinity. Jesus is within the Trinity. And he, God, put all things under his, Jesus' feet. And gave him, Jesus, as head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. Jesus is the head of his body, and his body is the church. Jesus is the foundation, the cornerstone of the church. I mentioned this last year. I think it's, it's hilarious that the landlord company, the, the company that owns this building, are called Cornerstone. I love that. <laughs> Bless Cornerstone. Bless our landlords, Lord. May they have even more buildings for us. It's selfish, isn't it? Jesus is the foundation. He's the cornerstone of the church, and he is bringing all things together in him. We'll get to this passage in a second. He's bringing all things together in him. Talk about unity. This is so important for us to hold on to in this time. <clears throat> You know, uh, before I was talking about vaccination certificate uh, services, and, and I know that um, you know, some of you will dif- disagree with this, with this call, and some of you will feel, might feel strongly about it, but does this mean there's disunity? Does this mean there's disunity? Not necessarily. We are called to strive for unity. And there's also, I, I wonder if there was almost a sense of where there's a big you unity, where we're united no matter what. But then there's also a small you unity where we can have disagreements and conflict that lead to a, a, a kind of disunity. Something to think about anyway. 
you know, this morning uh, we're farewelling Marilyn as she joins another church. Not because of any disagreement, by the way, in case you're worried. But does this mean we've lost unity with Marilyn? No way. No way. You are our sister. We need to, and we need to hold on to what holds us all together. So I'm going to pick this up in Ephesians chapter 2. And this is a scripture that I, I, I read from last year, but I think it's just so important that we hold on to this, what Paul's writing about. And remember, he's writing to, he's writing to uh, this is in Ephesians, he's writing to um, a church that has, has uh, Gentiles, non-Jews, and it has Jews, all these people trying to go, okay, how do we do this? How do we do this together? We pick it up in, uh, in verse 13. But now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself was our peace, who has made us, made us both one. And has broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility. By abolishing the law of commandments expressed in the ordinances, that he might create in himself one new man in place of the two, so making peace. And might reconcile us both to God in one body through the cross, therefore, thereby killing the hostility. Killing the hostility. Don't you love that? And he came and preached peace to you who are far off and peace to those who are near. For through him we both have access in one spirit to the Father. So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God, built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone, the cornerstone. In him, the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. This is what's happening. This is what the Lord is doing. This is what the Lord's doing. In him, the whole structure being, being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In him, you also are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. Oh, it's rich. There's so much in there. So much in there. When I was reading through it, I was just thinking about all the times there's the word one. One. He's made us both one. He's made one new man. That's all of us in the place of two. Reconcile us both to God in one body, Jesus. Amazing, amazing. And so this morning, I thought it was really, uh, I just really wanted to do it today where we, we come and have, have communion. We come and share from, we come and share from one loaf of bread. We come and drink from one carton of juice. <laughs> it's, it's far more uh, yeah, romantic to say, one, one uh, bottle of wine, but one carton of juice, it is. We drink from the cup, representing Jesus' blood. Jesus' blood brings us near. We eat the bread, representing Jesus' body, broken for us to be, made, to, made, to be made one. One with him, one with each other, one within ourselves. He broke the dividing wall of hostility to reconcile us all to God in one, in one body. This is amazing. I'm not sure if you're kind of going, oh, I'm quite keen to go along to that self-love ceremony. It could be interesting, eh? but you don't need to go because here's the thing. Jesus is the one who makes us whole. We come to him. He, his body was broken. His blood was, his blood was spilt so that we could be made whole. And he restores us as individuals. 
Jesus is the one who brings restoration, healing and wholeness. Jesus is the one who can bring, oh man, I just see him, amens to this. Jesus is the one who can bring healing and restoration in all our relationships. Amen. When we are united with Jesus, we are united with one another. His blood speaks a better word. You know, you might remember that song. Your blood speaks a better word than all the empty claims I've heard upon this word, on this earth. Speaks righteousness to me and stands in my defense. Jesus, it's your blood. And we come to God. We all come to God the same way. Through the one gate. Through the way, the truth, and the life. And that's Jesus. Isn't it amazing? We could be all over the spectrum. And we all come the same way. We all actually have to get close together. And it's like when we come and take communion, it's like we all come to the same table. We all share from the same loaf. And this morning, like we, we take communion, we take communion for our, you know, in terms of our personal relationship with God and we, we honor Him. And also there's a sense of like, almost like taking communion as a, um, what's, the, what's the best word to use here? It's almost like we, we're doing it in community. So it's like honoring one another and going, all right, my brothers and sisters, like this commitment to one another. 1 Corinthians 10, 16. I'm reading a lot from Paul's writings today. He said, The cup of blessing that we bless, is it not a participation in the blood of Christ? The bread that we break, is it not a participation in the body of Christ? Because there is one bread. We who are many are one body. For we all partake of the one bread. This is powerful, isn't it? This is powerful. If you're at home, you might want to grab uh, a bit of bread or a cracker and some juice and, and join us with a join with us as we as we take this. Oops. I haven't worked this out very well. Yeah, never mind. Never mind. It's all gone. It's all not going to happen. Yeah, my Bible's not going to be the same after this, eh? It seems okay. All right, so what I was going to do is hold the bread. You have to imagine. Oh, no, we'll hold it. Here we go. Lord Jesus, we, we thank you for this bread. Lord, and as we come together uh, and, and, we, and we take from this, from this loaf, Lord, um, would you bind us together? May we actually experience this, this sense of unity with one another. And as we share from the, from the cup, Lord, this is your blood spilled for us. We come to you the same way. You're the way, the truth, and the life. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Lord, I pray that this morning as we take these elements, that there'd be this, um, that it would, uh, these are sacraments, Lord. And the, there'd be like this... Uh, this deeper thing that goes on within our hearts. So come, Holy Spirit. We thank you. Thank you, Lord. So why don't you come up? Oh, that's right. We've got um, some gluten-free options on this table over here. Um, and there's a, But over here, there's not. So if you're wanting to go for the gluten-free side, go that side. Uh, also, I think there's pretty much even amounts on each table. So um, I'm going to invite you forward to come and... Come and share from the table and take it back to your seat, and then we'll do it all together. We'll, we'll pray and we'll eat the bread all, all together. Thanks, guys.
Lord, we thank you for this moment. Lord, thank you for the, thank you for this bread. This ordinary loaf. And Jesus, how you you are the, you're the Lord of all. And you humbled yourself. You humbled yourself from obedience even to death on the cross. In order that we might come we might come to know you, that we might be made whole, that we might be made one. You established you established the new covenant, Lord, in your blood. So Jesus, thank you for this bread. And we eat it in remembrance and in celebration of you, Lord Jesus. Take this cup, Lord. Your blood spilled for many. Thank you for your love, Lord. Lord, may we know more of your love how much you love us and how much you love every person on this earth. Come, Holy Spirit, we take this cup in remembrance of you. Lord Jesus, thank you that you are the center of the church. You are the, you're the foundation, the cornerstone of the church, and you're the head of the church. Thank you that in our day and in our time, you are doing a good thing. 
Thank you that you are bringing restoration even to our land, even to Aotearoa, Lord. Lord, in this season, it might have its challenges, but you are, you are with us in it. Lord, I pray for your, uh, your presence, that we know even more of your presence and we know even more of your um, nearness to us as we navigate the next day, you know, the days of the week coming up and the weeks up ahead, Lord. That we would, uh, you'd almost like, you'd place in us like this um, unshakable faith in you, this uh, impenetrable peace, Holy Spirit. And bind us together in love, Lord. Mm, amen.